Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. Let's hear about this episode's topic. Hi, my name's Jen, and I have a three and a half year old son. And today I have a question around potty training. So, my son has been potty trained during the day, um, just with pee, since about March. We tried last year when he was around two years old, and we realized after day three that was a little bit too early. And so, we've been pretty successful with daytime wearing underwear, using the bathroom for pee. But when it comes to pooping, he We'll wait until nighttime when he's going to get a diaper for bed and ask to sit on the toilet with the diaper on and he'll poop. Um, On occasion, he'll ask for a diaper during the day if he has to poop and then we'll sit on the toilet. Um, We have tried bribery with toys, TV, uh, treats, and snacks, but he has let us know that he does not want to and will not poop on the toilet without a diaper. Should we be doing night training? Do we force him or let him lead? We're just feeling really lost around getting our child to poop on the toilet without a diaper. Any help would be great. Thank you. That's perfect because it's so common. I mean, this mom is going through what like the vast majority of mothers and fathers go through, right? Oh my gosh, yes. It's just so common. And it's it's one thing or another, right? It's only pooping on the toilet with a diaper, you mm-hmm. know, sitting on the toilet with a diaper, or it's, um, you know, refusing or or always wanting to pee in the bathtub was another one I heard <laughs> recently. Uh-huh. So it's always something with potty training. Right. They're all variations of a theme. <laughs> but um, it's such an important developmental milestone. So I'm really happy we're talking about it today. Mm-hmm. This can be very stressful for both children and parents. Totally. And one of the reasons it's so stressful for parents is that they constantly have their peers and their family members telling them what they should do when it comes to potty training, including when and how to train their child correctly. Mm-hmm. So this is a lot of unsolicited advice, and that makes them, <laughs> the parents, makes them feel like they're doing it wrong or they're screwing up their children for life or something. So what makes it even trickier is that the practice and advice regarding potty training has really drastically changed over time. In the early 1900s, it was all about having a rigid schedule. Um, and that was how the training occurred, putting the child on a potty chair during mealtimes. That was a really common one, too. Yeah, you can see some of those old wooden potty chair pictures. They're interesting. And then in the 1940s, um, a lot of our older, you know, listeners, and maybe you yourself, Dr. Dean, <laughs> remember Dr. Benjamin Spock, who was like the Bible of child rearing, wrote this book. Mm-hmm. He started advocating for a more child-centered approach that focused on appropriate developmental readiness. 
Yeah. So um, for a while, it was all about what Dr. Spock said. That's what <laughs> parents did. And they, he was like the Dr. Fauci and COVID today, <laughs> right? It's like, what would, what would Fauci do? So um, one study that we looked at did a really nice job of showing the generational differences in approaches to toilet training. And this study surveyed parents of different ages about when they initiated potty training with their child. So what it found was beginning um, training at or before 18 months occurred in 88% of children born to people who responded who were more than 60 years of age, and 59% of 40 to 60-year-olds, and 22% of parents who were the age of 20 to 40 years old. So in summary, um, what this shows is that there's a definite trend towards delayed potty training to 18 months of age or later. Right. Mostly later, right? Mostly later, right. Mm -hmm. And the younger parents. And so, right, even in present day, toilet training varies amongst different cultures vastly. And so there's some really interesting things that you can read. Like there's a dingo tribe in East Africa that really begins potty training right away, or as I like to call it, more parent training, because they're with their child. You know, they have immediate contact with their child 24-7. And so they're just trained to notice those really subtle cues of when the child is going to go to the bathroom. And so... For in this culture, many infants can urinate and stool on command by five months. Like I said, this is more of a parent training to recognize the cues than a true toilet training of the child. And I remember an older pediatrician during my pediatric residency training years, many years ago, told me about this study. I remember this. And I was like, unbelieving. Like, really? <laughs> right. I know it is. It's totally unbelieving. Uh-huh. But it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. You know, in the in the U.S. where we practice, about a quarter of the children will achieve daytime continence by, by two years of age, 85% by two and a half years, and almost 100% by three years of age, according to one study. Right. The average length of time required to achieve toilet training is approximately six months. And it's important to know that most studies' definitions of toilet training still allow for some accidents um, Mm -hmm. during the day. So this isn't like a kid that's never going to have an accident but is doing pretty good, may have, you know, a few accidents a week. And some studies actually suggest that earlier age at initiating potty training is correlated with a longer duration until completion. So that makes it more painful for (laughs) the parent and the child. Yeah. So we've talked about different levels of maturity. And with most things, girls mature faster. um, So they tend to complete the process two to three months before um, boys do. Yes. And first children take longer to potty train than their siblings do, which makes sense based on role modeling and and watching and, and parent experience. And parent experience with, you know, as we often call the, the oldest child, the first pancake, right? <laughs> and neither you or I are the oldest child, are we? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, so we can say that. <laughs> so now that we've provided some context about the history of potty training and the average age it tends to occur, let's talk about how to do it. Right. So there's a wide a variation in styles that you can use, but we're going to talk about child-oriented approach, which is typically what the American Academy of Pediatrics favors. This method was first introduced um, by Dr. Brazelton, and it stresses the importance of the child being physiologically ready as well as cognitively and emotionally ready before starting the process. 
Mm-hmm. So let's talk about readiness. How do you know that your child is ready for potty training? Right. There's a lot of things to discuss because, you know, to be successful, you need to have them to hit these different milestones in a lot of different categories. So like we said, there's the physiologic aspect, then there's the developmental and emotional aspect, and, and that a lot of other milestones go into that, like gross motor, fine motor, and we can talk about some of those. So for physiologic readiness, a child must have voluntary control over the sphincter that holds and empties the bladder, as well as the sphincter, the the anal sphincter, which um, controls and empties the rectum. So this control is typically accomplished around 12 to 18 months of age. In order for your child to be developmentally ready, it takes coordination of motor, language, and social milestones. So you have to think they have to be able to ambulate to and sit on a potty. They have to be able to pull their clothes up and down. And then they have to have the skills to follow a two-step command. This is considered receptive language and use their communication or signs to communicate to their caregiver that they need to use the toilet. Gosh, now it's now I'm getting intimidated. It's seeming like it's going to be really hard. There's so many things that need to be done. <laughs> yes. So in addition to all those things needing to be done, um, most children will show an interest in toileting, and they really want to please their parents and their peers. They want to imitate behavior. So all these together usually don't happen until sometime after the second birthday. And some clues that your child may be ready are that they always go to hide in the same spot in the house when they're pooping, or they always let you know when they are wet and dirty and they want their diaper changed, or they show signs that they can hold their urine for longer periods of time, such as waking up dry from a nap. They may also show interest in you while you're using the toilet. So a lot of families find that it's helpful to have an open door policy. I know you are like, I already have no privacy with my child. This is one <laughs> more thing. But sometimes watching their their parents, their you know people they look up to using the toilet, wiping, washing hands, gets the child excited about using the bathroom on their own. Mm-hmm. So once you think your child is showing some of these signs or a lot of these signs, then it might be a good time to start. So try to avoid starting potty training at times when there may be a big change in the household. You know, other stressors like a move, birth of a new sibling, or starting a new daycare, um, maybe a new caretaker. These will all make it more difficult to be successful. Definitely. And once you've decided to give it a go, you want to commit Give it a go. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) You want to commit to making it a fun and positive experience for both you and the child and don't put too much pressure on the process. So start by getting the gear, buying them their own small potty chair to play with and explore. That's a really good place to start. And let them be involved in picking out the color that they want. Another option is to buy a stool so they can get up and to the toilet in your house. Make sure you have an insert for your home toilet seat. Um, so that it's the right size for your child. We don't want them to fall into the toilet. (laughs) No, no, that would not be a good place to start. (laughs) Right, and allow the child to play on the potty and start by having them sit on it fully clothed. You can consider buying some books on toilet training. Of course, there's the very classic Everyone Poops, and there's some other great parenting and potty training books, and we have linked a list of those books on our website. There's also awesome videos and songs and games to get your child excited about potty training. 
Mm-hmm. And you can buy big, fun boy or big <laughs> not, girl. Not big, not big. Little, <laughs> little underwear. <laughs> well, little underwear, but it's for like, like there'll be like it's a big for... boy, right? <laughs> or a big girl, right? So, but it is small, right? It's small, but it'll make them feel like a big boy or a big girl. And so they get their favorite underwear, could have their favorite book or TV character on it, and then um, plan on getting a lot of pairs, of course, because there's going to be some accidents. You have to expect that. And so they're going to get soiled. And some families may also choose to go from diapers to training pants. Um, And the training pants have a little more absorptive padding to prevent the big messes that occur from accidents. And either, either strategy is fine. And then you want to create a plan. So there's, like I mentioned, many different strategies for families. And depending on who works in your household and who the caretakers are, this is going to be different for each family's unique situation. But most recommend for the first two days that you commit to this, staying at home and taking your child to the potty every 30 minutes to an hour. It's very frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to change them into their pull-ups or their underwear or, hey, if it's summertime and they can just run around naked, that's great too. And you want to make frequent bathroom trips, but make them fun. So read books, sing songs, um, you know, just have them try and sit on the potty. You don't want to force it. You want to have them sit for as long as they can. And if they can't go, then they can't go and they get up and you let them move on. It's also important for your family to choose a word that you're going to use for pee or poop, whether you're in your home or you're outside of your home and stick to that word. That can be a tricky one because I know that Like for me, when I'm with patients and with kids, sometimes I'll say, you know, are you peeing or pooping okay? And sometimes a parent will look at me and say, we don't use those words. You know, we, you know, we we use urinate and defecate. And I was like, I should have asked, right? I should have asked what words they they use. Yeah. So whatever they are, if those are the big words that you want to use with your three-year-olds, then go for it. But stick to the same words. If they have an accident, then don't ever punish them. But you can ask them to be involved by helping to clean up the mess. That gives them sort of control over the situation and and lets them be involved in it. So show them where to put their soiled underwear, how to change into new ones, and then continue with the process. Right. The biggest thing, as with many things we've talked about in pediatrics, is consistency and praise. You want to praise each successful trip your child makes to the toilet more potty, even if they didn't really accomplish what you were hoping they would. Um, And then, you know, after those first couple days of those frequent bathroom trips, our body's natural tendency is to want to use the bathroom after mealtimes, before bed, and upon waking up. So those are other times to usher your child into the bathroom and see if they have to go, even even if they don't think they do. Some parents use sticker charts for successfully using the bathroom, and these can be really motivating for children. Some parents also use edible rewards like M&Ms or gummy candies for successfully using the bathroom. Yeah, you may want to stay away from the sweets for just urine alone, or otherwise the kid's <laughs> going to be sitting on the potty all the time. And so every family is going to be different, but I will say that I've had some pediatrician friends who I know have used edible rewards in the past. So, you know, every person is going to do this differently and your kid's going to be motivated in different ways. Some kids might be more motivated by stickers than gummies. 
If they're going to be expected to use the bathroom outside of the home, like in a daycare or in a caregiver's home, it's important to get some practice toileting in unfamiliar places. So different places sell travel potties you can buy and bring them with you on the road during this process. And of course, you want to teach them to pull up and down their pants and underwear and get some, you know, really elastic pants during this process to make it easier because they're going to be expected to do that when they're out on their own at daycare as well. And we've talked about accidents. It's important to know that there likely will be setbacks along the way, even after a child is trained enough to let you know when they have to go. Because many won't be able to hold it until they actually make it to the toilet. So this is normal. It's a process. This doesn't occur as like some straight line of of like children just learning and then it's done. So 80% of families will experience setbacks while potty training. Right. And even when your child is successfully trained to use the bathroom during the day, they're going to likely need diapers or pull-ups at night and sometimes during naps. The ability to stay dry through the night pretty consistently will occur later in most children, not all children. Um, And this occurs by age six in the majority of girls and about 75, more than 75% of boys. Of course, if you have any concerns about bedwetting past this point, we do have a podcast on that subject. Yeah. So let's briefly touch on some common issues that may come up during the toilet training process. Right. So some children may be afraid to flush the toilet. Um, This is common, the noise. And at that point, you can ask the child if they would prefer they step out or you can make it fun in the beginning, like showing them that they get to flush, you know, different little things of colored toilet paper. Some kids are also sad to see their stool disappear. And this is something that every adult's like, what? But (laughs) for young kids, they feel like they made it, right? Or it's part of their body. They don't, they haven't grown up to have that like stool is gross perception yet. Um, And so sometimes they're sad to see it go. So you just have to kind of walk them through that process. And you can, of course, always make it a fun game where you're waving by as it flushes away (laughs) or other things. For some boys, they may prefer to learn to urinate sitting down, and others may want to stand up. But, you know, if they stand up, they can make a big mess while standing up because that really extends the reach of the stream. Um, (laughs) So either way is fine while training, though. Right. And um, your child may also hide or ask for a diaper when they're going to have a bowel movement, just like our caller. This is a super common thing. And it's frustrating for parents because, of course, you know that they're physiologically ready. They can sense when it's coming on, um, but they're not quite there emotionally. And usually this just means that that they're just close. They're very close. And as long as you keep, you know, reassuring them and saying, oh, it sounds like you still feel like you need a diaper and let me know when you're ready to go on the potty on your own and you transfer the stool to the toilet and show them where it goes and flush it down. Eventually, the kid will come around. Mm -hmm. Some kids may only agree to use the potty with one caretaker and not the other. And some kids will even use the toilet at daycare because their friends do it there, but they don't do it at home or vice versa. Yeah, that can be really frustrating when they're using it at daycare and not at home. But really, peer pressure, even at that age, is so can be really influential. They want to fit in. They want to fit in. 
And then, of course, you know, sometimes, especially surrounding new siblings or other things, they just want to go back to that time when they were coddled and a baby and really taken care of all the time by you. And so they might ask you temporarily to start wearing diapers again to get that feeling of, you know, that coddled sort of infanthood. And really, you just have to support their feelings and tell them that, no, you're a big boy and you're going, but maybe creating some extra special time for them. Try not to get too frustrated when the accidents or the regressions occur. Support your child by talking them through their fears and insecurities and gently encourage them and praise them towards good toileting behavior. And if your child is just not making progress with toilet training, give yourself permission to go back to diapers, stop the process, and try again in two to three months. Like we said, the physiologic aspect may be there, maybe the even cognitive aspect might be there, but they just are, might not quite be there emotionally, and so that is totally fine. Another thing to consider before toilet training is if your child has ever struggled with constipation or hard, painful stools. If you notice your child is continent of urine but not yet of stool, it may be related to constipation or the fear of a painful bowel movement. One study done on nearly 400 American toddlers showed that one in four children developed stool toileting refusal, and in most cases, the problem was preceded by constipation, so that's what started it. So if you're concerned your child may have constipation, talk with your pediatrician before initiating potty training, and we also did a podcast on this, so you might want to listen to that. Like we mentioned before, potty training is going to be a very unique experience for each family, not only because all children are totally different and have different intrinsic motivations. Some also may have unique disabilities or developmental delays, which are going to require a big adjustment to this timeline. And each family situation is different. Right. So a lot of my friends who are pediatricians or were residents when they were raising their families would totally laugh at me if I told them to take their child to the toilet every hour for multiple days on end. That just isn't going to work for some working families. And, you know, they rely on caregivers and daycares. And so, of course, like everything, you know, it's just routine and coordinating among all of those caregivers. Yeah, it makes it more difficult with multiple caregivers, but it's nice to have everybody be on the same page for consistency. Definitely. So if your child's in daycare, scheduling a meeting with them to say you're going to start trying at home and if they could keep a little tally log of attempts made at daycare or other things, that way you can reward your child when they get home. Mm -hmm. And don't let family members or friends shame you into saying that you should be doing it like this one particular way that worked for them. Because this can often make you feel insecure because somebody else had their kid potty trained at 12 months or 18 months and your kid's two or three years. So we just want to, both of us want to assure you that waiting until your child is ready will make the process easier, more fun for both of you. And of course, if you're running into specific issues or you have specific concerns, your pediatrician is here to help. So that wraps up um, this episode on potty training. So let's summarize today's main points. Potty training is a really important developmental milestone. Many children will obtain daytime continence or are able to hold their urine to go to the bathroom by around two to three years of age, but nighttime is going to follow later on, hopefully for most kids by six. 
There are many different strategies for potty training, and most pediatricians will suggest the child-oriented approach, which relies on identifying readiness of the child for our toilet training. Yep. We listed a lot of different um, signs that a child may be ready. And once they are ready, establish a plan with initial frequent bathroom trips and providing praise for successes, even if it's not a perfect success, and gentle corrections for mistakes, but never severe punishment. And be prepared for lots of accidents. The average duration of potty training is about six months, and most kids don't achieve nighttime dryness until much later. So be patient. We also discussed common issues parents run into while potty training and strategies for helping with these. And above all else, go easy on yourself and your child. Everyone is going to approach this process slightly differently, and the vast majority of children will potty train successfully. Mm -hmm. And take advantage of our website where um, we've really listed a whole ton of resources of of books, videos, um, etc. So there's a lot of of help on the way for um, for this issue. I'm looking forward to your joke. The funny thing is <laughs> that there's not that many good, clean, relatively clean, toilet training jokes. But do you know the difference between a potty and a coffee pot? <laughs> no. Well, no? Well, then don't ever invite me over for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital.